fail us, mighty God. Teach us this morning because we want to be more like you in the name of Jesus. And everybody say it, amen. Come on, turn to someone next to you and say, I'm ready to receive the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. You may take your seats, yes. Um, are you guys well, family? Praise you, Jesus. God is good, amen? All right, we have been talking about fasting. Tomorrow we are starting with our fasting week. What we do in this church, we fast at the beginning of every uh, month um, for the whole year. Amen? So at the end of the teaching, I will give you information as to how we're going to go about this whole fasting. Amen? Uh, That's why I'll be talking about fasting this morning like I did last week. Last week, we really went deep into the Word of God. Um, Understanding this whole thing about fasting, um, what it's all about. Amen? What fasting is all about. Um, and we're going to continue getting a bit deeper into um, the truth concerning fasting. Now, I spoke last week about the three practices that uh, should become every believer's lifestyle or every believer's habit um, that we find in the book of Matthew. Amen. So just go with me to Matthew chapter number 6. And let's go find out about these three practices. Now, I really believe that uh, if we can make these three things a habit, we will really see spiritual growth in our lives, and we will see, you know, a lot of benefits in our relationship with God. Amen? Now, the first one we find... It in verse number 3, Matthew 6, verse 3, and Jesus says, but when you give, so giving is a practice that every believer should have, because God is a giver, amen? The God that we serve is a giver. God is not a taker. God is a giver. He does not take life. Yesterday I was hearing my aunt, and um, you know, some people when they stand up to speak in their time of speeches, they kept making statements like, you know, when God decided to take, and I I really felt like standing up and 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 correcting them and they say, God does not take life. God gives life. Amen? Say this to me. Say, God gives life. He does not take life. So nobody dies because of God. But everybody lives because of God. He told us the one who kills in John 10 verse 10. He says, the thief. Who is the thief? Satan. The devil. He said, the thief does not come except to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then he said, but I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Amen? He said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, but I have come that they may have life. So God is a giver of life, not a taker of life. Are you with me? So Matthew 6 verse 3 says, 
But when you give, when you give, and I like the fact that Jesus did not say if you give, because if he said if you give, that will mean we, have, we can choose whether we give or not. But when he said when you give, it shows us that he expects us to become givers, to be givers. So he says when you give. So the first practice that a believer should have is being a giver. Then we find the second one in verse number 5. Go to Matthew 6 verse 5. Matthew 6 verse 5, please. And then in Matthew 6 verse 5, he says, And when you, I can't hear, when you, when you pray. So he did not say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. Amen. I mean, if I talk to you and I say, you will get your money when you come to my house. I'm not saying if you come. I'm saying when you come. So when I say when you come, I'm showing you that I'm expecting you to come, to arrive. So when Jesus says when you pray, he is showing us that he is expecting us to do what? To pray. Some people say, no, I only pray when I feel like it. Uh Uh-uh. Do you only go to work when you feel like it? When do you go to work? Say, when I'm expected to. By who? Those that are in authority. Those that you report to. Now, Jesus is our master. He's in authority. We report to him. So, the one we report to expects us to show up in prayer. And he says, when you pray. So, the second habit that we should have as believers is to is to pray. Now, you've got no excuse when it comes to this one because in this church, there is plenty opportunities to pray. Amen? So you cannot say to Jesus, Lord, I did not know how to pray. He will tell you, your pastor taught you how to pray. Your pastor provided for you prayer meetings. You did not show up because you were busy with easy dingo. <laughs> Amen? So... And this week, we're going to have plenty of opportunity to pray. And the third practice that every believer should have, we find it in verse 16. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 16. When we, let's find out what else does Jesus expects us to do. And he says, moreover, when you, Jesus says, when you, When you fast, so there again, Jesus is showing us that he expects us to do what? To fast. And that's what we are talking about today, fasting. What is this fasting and why should we fast? I want to focus more today on why do we fast? Yesterday, last week, we spoke about more about what fasting is. Amen. And yes, a bit of why we fast, but I want to go a bit deeper today on why do we fast? Because I believe when we know why we have to do a thing, that's when we will receive encouragement to do the thing. But when we do not know why we have to do the thing, then we lack interest in doing the thing because we don't know why we have to do this thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, we defined what fasting is last week, and we said fasting is simply staying away from natural food for the purpose of prayer. Staying away from natural food for the purpose of prayer. Now, someone may say, but I do that all the time, but I don't pray. No, you're not fasting, you're dieting. All right? But now, in this case, in your case, you are staying away from food because your intention, your goal was to lose weight. Amen? So you starve yourself from natural food so that you can achieve your goal of losing weight. In this case, the purpose why we fast is that we're neglecting natural food for the purpose of prayer. One may say, why do I need to neglect natural food for the purpose of prayer? I can pray while being fed up. 
Yes, you can. But there's something about fasting that it does something to your prayer. It does something to your prayer life. And we're going to go into that a little bit. Now, let's read something in Matthew chapter 17. Go with me to Matthew chapter 17. I think we're going to start reading from verse 15. Matthew 17, let's start reading from verse 15. So it says, The Lord have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And when then Jesus rebuked the demon, what did Jesus do? Jesus rebuked the demon, and the demon came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? All right. So here is a parent who takes their child to the disciples of Jesus or to the followers of Jesus. And they tell the followers of Jesus the problem that the child had. All right. And the disciples, the followers of, of Jesus, those that walk with Jesus, those that are taught by Jesus, they tried to cure the son. But they failed. They could not do it. And the parent says to Jesus, your disciples could not. So I brought him to you. And Jesus, as you read the scripture, it looks as if he got a little bit irritated. He was irritated why the disciples, his disciples, his followers, could not cast out the demon. In other words, Jesus expected the disciples to cast it out. He, accept, he expected the disciples to cast out the demon. The same way as many churchgoers who don't really believe that they are anointed to pray and lay hands on the sick, they always want the pastor to do it. Jesus did not say only when the pastors lay hands will the sick recover. Jesus says when the believer lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover. So if you are a believer, you and I have the same power to heal the sick. I don't have a different power because I'm the pastor. No, we have the same power because we are both what? Believers. Now, Jesus expected the disciples to cast out the demon because the disciples, are, they have the same power as Jesus. They have the same power as Jesus. The power that is available for Jesus to heal the sick to cast out demons, that same power is available to the disciples to heal the sick and to cast out demons. That's why Jesus expected them to have cured the boy. But they could not. They could not. And look at what Jesus then says. Okay, then the disciples came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, go back. Then Jesus said to them, no, go back, go back. You know, I'm never in a rush when I teach. I want to go step by step. So don't get ahead of me. Go back. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And the demon came out of the boy. Can we see? And the child was cured from that very hour. Continue. Then the, the followers, the disciples, 
came to Jesus privately because they're a little bit embarrassed, right? So, I'm excited, but Jesus, come here, come here, come here, come here, Jesus. And let's keep on in faith. Bella, we did the same thing that you did. You know, we tried the same thing that you did. You know, we used the same name that you used. You know, we even lay hands the same way in the same movement that you do. You know, and we release the same words that we, you release. But uh, now when it came to us, this demon did not come out. Kanjan in faith. Skip on. You know, I like the disciples. They want to know, why did it not work with me? But it worked with you. What is the difference? Because it looks like the disciples also expected the demon to come out when they tried to get it out. So they also were shocked that this demon did not come out. Yet it came out when Jesus casted it out. So now they brought Jesus to a private place and they say, you have to explain this to us because this demon did not come out when we tried to cast it out and we expected it. I mean, they must have expected the demon to come out for them to try. Amen? So they tried and it did not go out. And they saw Jesus casting it out. And they saw it happen. And they got shocked. What shocked them? What shocked them is that with us the demon did not, but with him the demon did. Are you hearing me, family? So they said, explain to us. Because we also want to experience the same results. But look at what Jesus said the reason was. Look at what Jesus said the reason was. Then the disciples took him to a private place. Okay, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not drive out the demon? Why could we not chase out the demon? Why? Look at the answer. Jesus said to them, because of your, because of your, so what did Jesus say the problem is? All right, yes, faith, but tell me what's on the screen. What did Jesus say the problem is? What did Jesus say the problem is? Unbelief. Unbelief. Do you think the disciples knew that they had unbelief? Please talk to me. Does it sound, according to what we have read, that the disciples were aware that they had unbelief? The disciples were not aware that they had unbelief. If they knew they would not have asked Jesus, why could they not cast out the demon? So there are people that are standing in faith, or let me put it this way, thinking that they are standing in faith and they are surprised why things are not coming to pass and they are not aware that it is because of their unbelief. They're not aware that it's because of their unbelief. Hello? Jesus says, because of your unbelief. Then he says, for as surely I said to you, if you have faith as a master's seed, because faith is a solution to unbelief, right? So he says, if you have faith as a master's seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. Now, listen carefully what Jesus said. If you have faith as a mustard seed, the reason why he's using that word mustard seed is because he's trying to indicate to you the amount of faith you need to move mountains. And he said the amount of faith that you need to move mountains is as small as a mustard seed. I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed. Now, if I had a, a grain of rice here on the pulpit and I held it up like this and I, said, and I said to you, do you see this grain of rice? You will not be able to see it because of how small it is. You will have to come very close to me to see a grain of rice. Now, a mustard seed is, is, is smaller than a grain of rice. Are you with me, family? Someone during the week told me that their child was very fascinated eating rice when they grew up, and 
they could not understand why a spoon needs to be used to eat rice, so they will eat it one by one until, until, until they finish the meal. I'm like, that must have take them, taken them hours. Who told me that? You don't know. You don't know who told me that or you don't want to tell me. You don't want me to expose them. Ah. Not this wife of mine says, this one, you talk about people's stories, don't mention their names. Who told me this? I know you know. Who told me this? Huh? Wife, the Bible says respect your husband in the name of your... Who told me this? <laughs> Amen. She'll tell me at home. Wow. So, that was a very interesting story to know about that child. All right. Now, where are we? You see now why what you did now. Where are we? Mustard seed. Mustard seed faith. So, Jesus says, you only need mustard seed faith to cast out the demon. Or to move mountains to your problems, your mountains. They only need what? Say mustard seed faith. So in other words, that faith must be as small as a mustard seed. That's the amount of faith. That's how powerful faith is. As small as a mustard seed, it can move mountains. All right, but we're not talking about faith. Let's continue. Uh, he says, you will say to this mountain or to this problem, hey, problem, get away from me. Problem, get behind me. Satan, get behind me. You only need master seed faith to tell the devil to get out of your business. To get away from your business. Master seed faith. And he says, and nothing will be impossible for you. The Bible says, with master seed faith, nothing will be impossible for you. Say this to me. Say, with master seed faith, nothing will be impossible for me. Say, with master seed faith, I can do anything. Say, with master seed faith, I can rebuke demons. With master seed faith, come on, with master seed faith, I can cast out all demons. With master seed faith, I can bring solutions to my problems. With master seed faith. All right. Nothing will be impossible. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 21. Look at verse 21. And then he said, however, <laughs> yes, with master seed faith, you can do all of these things. However, yes, with master seed faith, you can cast out all demons. However, yes, with master seed faith, all problems can be sorted out because you only need faith as small as a master seed. However, This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, now, I, I want to I wrestle a little bit with some Bible school scholars. I'm sure they're going to call me to a private place after this like they did with Jesus. But I want us to think about this. Now, had some issues in my journey with God with this scripture. Uh, somewhere deep down in the inside, even though, you know, we preach the Bible and we hear messages being taught and then we read, you know, there are times where you read certain things in the Bible and then you're like, Lord, Lord, I believe whatever you wrote and everything, but somewhere in the, the back of your mind, you've got some question marks. Like, Lord, Lord, I, this thing, Mar Mar Vele, Vele, are you with me? So I had that kind of thing with regards to this scripture. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And because of what the scripture said, whenever things don't work out or whenever problems don't get solved, somewhere at the back of my mind, I will have this attitude, this Kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. That gave me problems. Because somehow I felt like it contradicts a little bit with what I know I received when 
Jesus came into my life. When Jesus came into my life, he did not come in with anything missing. I learned good. When Jesus came into my life, there was nothing left out when Jesus came in. He came in with everything that I've ever needed. Oh, let me put it this way. He came in with all the power that I've ever needed. There was no a little bit of power left out when Jesus came in. And for me to access that power, I needed to fast and pray. Uh-uh, he came in with all the power. He came in with all the authority. Go to Luke 10. Luke 10. If, before Luke 10, go to Matthew 28. The, the Great Commission. All right? Matthew 28, let's start reading from verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. Let's check something out there. It's too hot, man. All right. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Some authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Huh? Jesus said, Some authority. What did he say? Jesus said, how much authority? How much? How much is all? Is there anything left outside of all? Is there any amount of power left outside of all? No, no. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Continue. All authority, right? Go, therefore... And make disciples. Go therefore, how? With what? With this authority that has been given to me, I give to you. Now go therefore with this power, with this authority, go and make disciples. Say this to me. Say, we've been given power, we've been given authority to make disciples. Say, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Continue. And teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Case closed. Case closed. So Jesus says, all authority has been given to us. All right? We've got all the authority. Now go to X1. X1. X1 verse 8. I'm trying to prove something to you here. And then we're going to go back to Matthew 17. Acts 1 verse 8. Listen to what he says. But you shall receive what? You shall receive what? Power. When? When the Holy Spirit come upon you. What will happen when the Holy Spirit come upon you? Has the Holy Spirit come upon you? What do you think that means? Say this to me. Say, because the Holy Spirit has come upon me, I have power. Say, I have power because of the Holy Spirit upon me. Now, how much power do you think that is? Huh? How much power? All power. Do you think the Holy Spirit came with bits and pieces of power? Or do you think he came with the fullness of power? He came with the fullness of power. Came with the fullness of all power. There is no amount of power that is left outside the power that came upon you when the Holy Ghost came upon you. And he said, because and because of that power, you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we can say in Rodiport, or in Florida, and Rodiport, and Johannesburg, and the whole of South Africa, and to the other parts of the earth. Hello? Say, his power enables me to be a witness. 
Say, his power enables me to cast out demons. Say, his power enables me to lay hands on the sick for them to recover. His power that he said he received. All right. You're still not convinced. Go to Luke 10, verse 19. Luke 10, verse 19. I'm doing this because there's a statement I'm going to make in Matthew 17. And I don't want the dean to, be in, to, uh, to fight with me. So I'm building you there. So after building this case, the dean will have to think twice before he fights with me. So I'm building a case. Plus the dean is he's sitting next to another, another Bible dictionary there next to him. Hey! So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why today he did not sit with his wife. He wanted to sit with the dean so that they can discuss what I'm about to say. It's as if they knew, you know. All right, let's go. Now, look at Luke 10, 19. 19, 19, 19. Behold, I give you authority, or you can say power, all right? I, can, I give you what? Authority to do what? To trample, man. To do what? To trample on serpents and scorpions. And over how much? Over how much? Over how much? All authority except the one you have to fast and pray for. Gancha. Uh, he said, uh, and, and, and to, I give you power, authority to trample on what? Serpents and what? Scorpions and over what? Over all what? Over all the what? The power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you except the thing that you do not fast and pray for. Uh-uh, that's not what he said. That's not what he said, Barankia. That's not what he said. He said he has given us all the power, all the authority, all of it, nothing missing, nothing short, nothing broken, all of the power, we received it, we've been given that power. Say, I've got the power. Now, with that understanding, come with me here. Come with me here. Let me see if I've got all the scriptures to prove my case. I think I've got all the... No, no, no. Give me Matthew 10. Here's another one. Give me Matthew 10. Let me still prove my case. But out of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, in other words, we do not just take one scripture and run with it. We want two or three that agrees with it for us to make it a doctrine. Are you with me? Right. So, let's go to Matthew 10. Matthew chapter number 10. And we're going to start reading from verse 7. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Are you there? Now, Jesus says, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen to what he said you must do. Continue. Then he says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the... Do what? Do what? Raise the dead, cast out demons. No, 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 no. What did they fail to do in Matthew 17? They, they failed to do what? They failed to cast out the devil, right? And they went to Jesus and they said, why could we not cast out this demon? And Jesus said, why? Because of your... So now, and then he said, this Kind. We're going to talk about kind. What kind? This kind, he said, does not come except by what? By prayer and fasting. What were they failing to do? Come talk to me. What were they failing to do? They were failing to curse out the demon. What did Jesus say they must do here? He said they must do what? Heal the sick. They must what? Cleanse the leper. They must what? 
raise the dead. Now the power that he was talking about in Matthew 17, it was not the power to raise the dead. Uh-uh. He was not talking about the power to raise the dead. But here he says, cast out demons. Raise the dead. He told them, go and preach. And as you preach, do these things. Jesus, why don't you mention to them that there is a power that they need. And in order to get this power that they need, they will have to fast and pray. Why don't you mention that? Because that's not what Jesus meant in in Matthew 17. That's not what he meant. Let's go back to Matthew 17 and let's go find out what Jesus was talking about when he said, this kind, this type does not come out except by prayer and fasting. What kind? What type? What kind? Then I will have a meeting with my Bible school people after. Now, and his disciples asked him, saying, why Jesus? Why? No, this is not the one man. Lingeza. I think it's 20 and 21, somewhere there. That's where we are. That's where we should be. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Continue. However, this kind, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Can I present to you what I believe Jesus is referring to when he says this kind does not go out? He's not talking about this kind of a demon that they fail to cast out. Because every time demons are stubborn, in my mind, I will go like, I think I don't have enough power. I must go fast and pray because this kind clearly needs me to go fast and pray. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Not necessarily. Jesus is still talking about the same thing. The problem that he told the disciples that this is the problem. Why you could not cast out the demon. What did Jesus say the problem is? Why they could not cast out the demon? He said the problem is what? Unbelief. So this kind of unbelief Pastor, I'm done. I'm done. I, I don't, I'm done. Hallelujah. I'm going home. Bless you. Bless you. It was nice to have church with you guys. Bless, bless you. Bless. Think about what, yeah, yeah, but hallelujah. Ha, ha, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Ha, Jesus is Lord. You know Jesus. You know Jesus. That guy. I love that guy. I have a blessed Sunday buffet. Now, 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 this kind, this kind of unbelief, you know, there are certain kinds of unbelief, but this one, Pastor Felix, this kind of unbelief, this kind of unbelief is very dangerous. And for it to live, it will come out by prayer and fasting. Because your problem is unbelief, but you can get rid of unbelief. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. It will make sense. Sir? No, no, not the demons. There's all the power that you need to cast out any demon and to raise up the dead. You don't need to go fast and pray for power. Power was given to you when you believed. Power was given to you. All power was given to you when you believed. There, is, there was no power left out in the power that you received when you believed. All power, all authority has been given to you. I've given you more than three scriptures to prove to you that you received all power and you do not need to fast and pray for more power. Jesus, when he came in your spirit, he did not come in bits and pieces. He came with the full measure, with all power, with all authority. Are you with me? The problem we have 
It's unbelief. The problem with not receiving the things that we're asking God for is unbelief. Our challenge is unbelief. It's not lack of power. It's unbelief to the power that we have. We do not believe the power that we have. For us, it's like, no, the pastor has that power. No, no, the apostle has the power, not me. Every believer has the power. Now, what does, why do we fast? Why do we fast? I always make this statement. Fasting silences the flesh for us to be more attentive to the spirit. Now, um, go to Psalm 35. Psalm 35 verse 13. Psalm 35 verse 13. Well, Lezani, am I okay with time? Because Baba Nkiwane and Baba Linda here, they're not saying anything. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 35, verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with prayer, and my prayer would return to my own heart. What is it saying on that one? I humbled myself with what? With fasting. With fasting, right? Now, go to Ezra 8.21. Some of you guys have to go to the table of contents to go find out where Ezra is. <laughs> Ezra 8.1, after Chronicles. Ezra 8.1, do we have it? Eight twenty one, sorry, not one. Eight twenty one. Are you there? Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ava Ahava. Why? That we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Is that all? Is that all? Meaning continue? Okay, that's all. It's something I'm looking for here. Yesterday we touched on the scripture in Matthew 26, 41 that said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Remember? Remember, family? The spirit is willing and what? And the flesh is weak. Now, this is what fasting does. This is what fasting does. You see, we have many voices here in the land of the living. We have many voices that speak to us. We have the voice of our senses that we naturally listen to. Now, what is the voice of your senses? The voice of your soul. The voice of your mind. The voice of your emotions. What you can feel. What you can hear. What else? What you can touch, help me now, what you can taste, all those kind of things. Those are voices that makes us make decisions. Now, when we fast and we starve our flesh, we are killing the voices of the soul or the voices of the senses when we fast. Because we want only one voice, the voice of the Spirit. So we are actually weakening the voice of our senses 
to strengthen by reading the word, by prayer, by worshiping, we strengthen in the voice of our spirit to a point that our spirit now becomes louder than our senses. Because naturally, our senses speak louder than our spirit because we always feed our senses and we starve the spirit. What is food to the spirit? The word of God. Right now, I am feeding your spirit. We are getting fed spiritually right now. When you read the Bible, you're feeding the spirit. When you're praying, that is a spiritual activity. Exercise. We're feeding the spirit. Are we together, family? Now, fasting brings our senses under subjection or under control so that our senses do not dictate for us. Because our senses, when they are fed, they dictate for us. There are certain things that you don't do because you don't feel like doing them. Senses are talking to you. And you are a very good obeyer of the senses. Now I don't feel like forgiving them. The voice of feeling. Now I don't feel, I don't feel like helping them. Now I don't feel like praying. Now I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like standing in the word. I want to stand in my intellect. I don't feel like it. The voices of the senses. So what do we do? We starve the flesh. Because when the flesh has no food, the flesh, the flesh becomes weak. When the flesh has no food, it becomes weak. So we weaken the flesh and we strengthen the spirit. How do we strengthen the spirit? The word, the word, the word, the word. And now when my spirit is strengthened, I've got no distractions in hearing the voice of my spirit because the senses are silent. The senses are hungry. They are weak. And the longer I fast, the more clearer I hear the voice of the spirit. Come on, if you're going to give God the praise, do a good job. Someone says, but I can't fast. Why? Because we are weak to chow. Imagine a man of God. You fail to overcome chicken. You know, you know there's this chicken that I really have a weakness towards. They call it peri-peri. You buy it in, in the Eastern Day in Edenvale. I, I, I bought it on Friday. Yet, I, I, I was not hungry. I was full. So they ate it and everything. And I said, please, live for me. Live for me. Because I, I, I love this chicken that, listen, I, I, you can't eat all of it and not live for me. I said, live for me. So they left for me on Friday night. Yesterday, I went to a funeral, so... You know, the whole day I was there and stuff like that. I came back home. I was still full because, you know, there I ate. Actually, my wife does not know how to make tea because she's cursed. She does not understand why we eat sour pap. They call it sour pap. So, tea. Yeah. So, I ate tea. Yeah, it's very, very, very good. So I went back home, I got home, and, and I was still full. So I didn't have my supper. So this morning as we're driving, coming to church, I don't know what we're talking about. And I remembered my chicken from Friday. While on our way to church, and I said to my wife, hey, did you guys eat my chicken? And my wife said, it's daddy, you should become an actor. I'm like, why? Oh, you're so dramatic over your chicken. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, my daughter said that. What did I say? I said my daughter. What did I say? My wife. Yeah, but you're my daughter too, right? 
<laughs> so, so my daughter said that to me. I said, you are so dramatic. I've got a weakness over the chicken. I promise you, that chicken is better than Nando's, better than KFC. That peri peri chicken. I I'll take you there, sir. Pastor Felix, we must go dine there. I'll take you there. Now, imagine a man of God, the pastor of GWCFC. Huh? The angel of this house. Huh? The one that speaks the word in boldness and authority. The one who teaches the word and brings out all the meat and gives you the milk. Yet he is failing to overpower the desire of a peri-peri chicken. <laughs> he is weak to peri-peri chicken. I don't know what your weakness is that is hindering you from your commitment of fasting. But that area of your weakness, do you know why God, oh, shoot now, don't do that, Lord, I'm out of time. The Bible says, thou shall have no other gods. That word, other gods, we can call it idol. An idol. What is an idol? An idol is a foreign god or a strange god. What does that mean? An idol is anything that presents itself to you as a god. What does that mean? An idol is anything that you obey to, that you obey in the place of God. So God says, come pray. No, Lord, I'm hungry. You have made hunger or food your God because at that time when God called you to prayer, you rejected it and you submitted to hunger. God says, read the word. Ah, isidungo. At that time, <laughs> Spelling. I don't know. <laughs> or can I bring it closer? Person Kiwan. Soccer. No, Pastor, I can't make it to this meeting. I've got a commitment. He's talking about the soccer match. Whoa has given us the art of disobedience. We just we just play with words. Pastor, I cannot make it tonight. I have an engagement. No, he means he's got an engagement with soccer, with his TV. Watch soccer. If you are to ask, what is that engagement, sir? Sir, I'm not in a position to discuss that matter at the moment. <laughs> Are you with me? Let me give you this quickly before I close. Fasting moves us from unbelief to believe. Fasting moves us from the flesh to the spirit. Our spirit dictates our senses and tells us what to do when we fast. When we do not fast, our senses, our flesh dictates our lives. And they tell us what direction to go. Fasting is a tool that God has given us to silence the flesh and bring the flesh under control. To weaken the flesh so that we can be more alive and more stronger and more attentive. In the spirit. And when we are spiritually fed or spiritually strong, or when we are fed of the word of God and we are full of the word, we make God guided decisions. We hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearer. It's like the song says, I can I can do what? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Let's put it this way. I can see clearly now the flesh is gone. 
I can see all the obstacles in my way and all those that said they are my friends and I did not see in the flesh. Now I'm in the spirit. Amen, family? Here's your last scripture. 1 Corinthians 9.27. We looked at that last week. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Let's look at the scripture and close. 1 Corinthians 9.27, please. But I discipline my body or my flesh and bring it into subjection or bring it under control. Why? So that when I have preached to others, I myself should not be disqualified. In other words, the flesh will not disqualify what I have said in the spirit. So what do I do? I bring it under subjection. I bring it under control. What's the best way to do that? Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Now this coming week, we're fasting and we're praying. Now I've been thinking about this whole thing this whole week and especially ever since Pastor KG in our leaders meeting when we're strategizing and then we're talking about all the plans. Where is Pastor KG? Pastor KG is with the children together with his wife. Because I don't see his wife too. What are they doing with the children? Teaching them? He said, no, Pastor, don't say that. What was I going to say? What's my channel going to accuse? Now, um, Pastor KG, as we're strategizing and talking about the plans for the year, and we're trusting God for a lot of things, we came up with ideas and everything, very brilliant ideas, good ideas that we are implementing. And he said something very powerful, and he said, gentlemen, we can have all the plans, and they can be all impressive, but let's not forget that without prayer, all these plans will not succeed. Yes, there's a place for planning, but there's a place for prayer. And ever since he said that, then I developed a desire to increase the level of prayer in the church. And that is why now, the following changes are going to take place going forward. I spoke to Mrs. Lizanne and I asked her, what time did prayer start today? She said, 8 o'clock. I said, it's, that's not long I started at 8 o'clock. I don't know if you started at 8 or she came at 8. Prayer does not start at 8 o'clock anymore. It starts at half past 7. Half past 7. We're here to pray every Sunday. Okay? Whenever we fast in our fasting week, the one we're going into, where we're fasting the whole week. Now, there's different kinds of fasting. I thought I'll have time to talk about the different kinds of fasting that you can choose from. But what we'll do, we'll send them on the church WhatsApp group so that you can look at them and then choose which kind of fast you want to do. All right? Um, so this whole week, as we fast, we will be coming to church every day. And there will be prayer meetings that will run from 7 until half past 8. Half past 8. From 7 until half past 8. As we fast. We come into church the whole week. On Friday, we come into church at 8 o'clock. Prayer will start at 8 o'clock all the way to 1 a.m. Because there's something specific I want us to do from half past 11 to half past 12 in that midnight hour. Right. We're also going to have a live band this Friday night as we fast. We're going to have a live band. So, Pastor Nkiwana, because it's like, hey, this pastor, where is he going? Nkala Wenzi Rosta, who's going to be leading prayer this whole week from 7 to um, half past 8. And then whenever we have 
meetings like wisdom sessions, greater marriages, able men, teachers training, all the meetings before they start, they will start with a full hour of prayer. So if the meeting starts at 1, 12 o'clock, we must be here and pray. And in all the prayer meetings that we make, gentlemen, we are focusing on what we are trusting God for this year, which we discussed in the meeting. Our prayers must not be aimless. You can't have a gun and you don't know where to shoot. Then your gun is pointless. You can't have the, the weapon of prayer and you don't know what to pray for. Then you will pray amiss. So we that we discussed in the meeting and we're putting our faith towards those things, standing on the scriptures which are our bullets. Prayer is the gun. Scripture is the bullet. Faith is the skill. Amen? You got it? We mean business this year. Please come to prayer tomorrow. We're going to be here at 7 o'clock. We're going to pray one hour, 30 minutes until Thursday. Friday, we're here at 8 o'clock. We're going to pray all the way until 1 o'clock. Uh, I'm sure you are going like, pray until 1 o'clock. for the. You're not going to feel it because there are different things that we do in that time that will really bless you spiritually. Amen? Praise God. Are we together? Will we see you guys tomorrow? Let's mean business with God, family. Time for playing church must come to an end. Let's be the church. Amen? Praise God. Every head bowed and every eye closed.